the What Would It Take podcast is co-produced by Anabaptist World and me, Ben Tapper. The views expressed here are my own and do not necessarily represent the official positions of Anabaptist World. To learn more, visit anabaptistworld.org. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the What Would It Take podcast. I'm your host, Ben Tapper. And if I'm being truthful today, I've got to admit, this is not only another episode of the What Would It Take podcast, this is the final episode. Uh, I've been doing this podcast for three seasons now that have spanned over three years, and I've appreciated it. I've, I've had a lot of, um, I don't know that I can say fun. I mean, there've been fun moments, but most of the topics we've covered have been intense. So fun may not quite be the right word, but I've appreciated the opportunity to do this. I've appreciated the opportunity that Anabaptist World gave me um, and its director, Danny, gave me. And I'm just honored that I got to do this work for a few years. Um, And so I want to take a few minutes today to just reflect on some of it. Um, We've covered a lot of topics Uh, a lot of different types of content. We've looked at a lot of problems. Some of them have been more esoteric, some of them more concrete, some individual, many societal, and we've asked a lot of questions. So today, I just want to take a moment and look back before we look ahead. So one more time, join me as we ask, what would it take? So as I mentioned, we've covered a lot of different topics. I mean, we started the show looking at um, the police and and how to address concerns with the police. We've discussed everything from having a better relationship to our bodies and sexuality to unpacking the complexities of racial identity in the United States. We even touched on the LeBron-MJ debate at one point in time. And As I said, we've explored a lot of content and there's some episodes that I am really proud of and that I stand by. There's a few episodes that I wish I could do over, not necessarily because I said anything that I find horrendous today, but there's some things I'd like to tweak, some stylistic changes I want to make, or maybe even a couple new opinions I have that feel more informed. But regardless, uh, the content is what it is. Uh, And after, well, after three years, I'm still asking myself, what would it take, as, as I'm sure you are? I mean, we just had uh, some fairly recent Supreme Court rulings that are throwing a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work into question. We have more potential rulings coming next year, even. Um, we had a ruling last year that, in essence, undid any progress that was made around bodily autonomy for women or people who identify as women that undid access to abortion for millions of people in the United States. I mean, we've had some doozies of late, and in a lot of ways, it feels like the progress that has been slowly and arduously won since the 60s and even before is being chipped away at in a pretty rapid fashion. On top of all that, as I'm sure you're well aware, we're experiencing significant increases in severe weather, droughts, floods, wildfires, storms, and a lot of that is a direct cause or it's a direct effect rather of global warming. And so as I look around at the world and, and take take note of what the world is and what it isn't, take note of what the United States is and what the United States isn't, 
some days it is tough to find the hope that I want to have, not even for myself, but for my children, right? I, I, I want to know, and I think most parents want to know that when we're gone, the world will be a better place for their kids to grow up in, to raise families of their own, to explore careers, to find fulfillment, whatever. And some days it's tough to find that hope. Some days I really don't know what's going to happen. And I'll be honest, that's, that's terrifying. Um, it's hard. And for a lot of people, life right now is just incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. And I want to acknowledge that and name it and note that even though the focus of this podcast is often global or at least societal, the individual still matters, right? If you are listening to this and you struggle to get out of bed every day, or you know someone who does, that matters. If you're listening to this and you feel overwhelmed or at your wits end, you're not sure where your next check is going to come from. You're not sure how you'll get through. You just got a diagnosis. You don't know what to do with that matters. If you're listening to this and you're a parent and you don't know if you're going to be able to be better than your parents were, or you don't know how to get that breakthrough with your child that you so desperately want and you know that they need, you matter. Those of us that are just dealing with day in and day out hardships of life, that matters. And I just want to take a second and acknowledge that. The societal stuff is important, but the struggles that we're each carrying, the burdens that we're each carrying day in and day out, they matter too. And so it's, as much as I want to continue to encourage us to make progress societally, to fight, and I mean fight for racial justice and racial equity, fight for justice, equity, inclusion, period. We have to do that. But we also have to take some time and take care of ourselves and look after one another. Right? I believe that is one of the messages that is at the core of the gospel. And, and I believe it is something that we need to take heart in now more than maybe any time before in my lifetime. So what does it mean to truly take care of ourselves and to look after one another? Well, I don't have a clear answer. There are plenty of people more intelligent than I am that have thought about this, but I will, of course, share a few thoughts. That's why I'm here. I can share what has been most meaningful to me um, because there have been moments where I have struggled, uh, if I'm being honest. These last few years have been a doozy. There have been some absolute wonderful highlights. And there have been some moments I didn't think would ever happen to me, um, but they did. And I've had to endure, adapt, and find ways to heal. In fact, some of those moments have been the best invitations to healing um, because, well, my counselor told me this last year and it stuck with me. She told me that people don't change until what they've been doing stops working. And that's been true for me. The, um, I have been most willing to change when what I've done and the ways I've lived no longer work when they cause pain to me or they cause pain to someone else. And I've had plenty of opportunities uh, for that these last few years, but I digress. So how do we uh, take care of each other and take care of ourselves? And um, what does that look like in my life? And, you know, I'll be honest, when I uh, posed this question, it seemed like it'd be a lot easier to answer than it actually is. 
Um, but I'm going to do my best anyway. So the first thing that I'll note, uh, the first thing that I've had to do is I have uh, just lived a life since 2020 is be radically honest with myself or rather allow other people to be radically honest with me. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I can be a master at deceiving myself. Confession time. <laughs> I, I don't know when I developed the ability to do this. I'm guessing at some point in childhood, but I've realized recently that I, I can deceive myself better than probably anyone else can deceive me. And the first step to changing, getting better, adapting, healing, or being the version of me that I want to be is radical honesty. It's being able to see myself in the mirror as I am with my warts, with my flaws, uh, with my imperfections and insecurities and to just see and to hold it. And it's not easy to see myself like that. It's not easy to both be honest with myself about who I am and how I am, about the ways in which I might be toxic or harmful or inconsiderate. And it's not easy to, to see all that and to hold it with grace and to offer myself care and tenderness and forgiveness. I, I don't know if that's easy for you. Man, that's a struggle for me. But that is, that's the work, to, to be honest with myself, to allow others to be honest with me and to still hold myself with grace uh, and care. Because at the end of the day, we are all human. And if I, oof, y'all, if I can judge myself, if I can be super critical of myself, if I can be cruel to myself, just in my own internal world, then of course I'm going to judge others. Of course I'm going to be cruel to others. Of course I'm going to be harsh to others. And I've lived like that for a while and I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to be as critical as I have been to myself. And I don't want to hold that same criticism towards others. I want to be able to have more grace and understanding. I want to be able to let more things go and to go with the flow a bit easier. And I'm making small steps in that direction. It's, it's going to take a while, but I'm taking steps. And so I invite you to do the same, right? To practice that radical honesty uh, with yourself and to allow others to be radically honest with you. Those that are safe, those that you know love you, um, particularly a professional, right? I think it's, it's great that you can have this relationship with friends or loved ones. And I think we need people that were maybe not as close to or we don't have to live with and see on a regular basis, um, they can still be honest, right? That are trained to kind of see the things we can't see and to offer that back to us. So I think that is critically important. And as you're able to be honest with yourself, um, see what you can do to practice that grace giving. See what you can do to offer yourself more space to live and breathe and to just be human in the messiness of the experience because it's a messy experience. And then maybe we can offer that same grace and care to other people along with the radical honesty. Because I think that's how our relationships improve. We hold both honesty, authenticity, grace, and tenderness. We've got to hold it all together and offer it to one another daily, sometimes even hourly. That's easier said than done, but I know it's possible. Um, so I think that's the first tip is how how do we package all that together? And the answer changes day in and day out for me, but 
you got to find your own way, find your own answer to, to hold the honesty and the tenderness at the same time. The other thing I will uh, say is that I think it's important for us to rely on each other and to share resources now, probably more than ever, right? And don't get me wrong. We need a plan for the future. We need emergency savings accounts. We want to think about retirement. But now more than ever, as the social safety nets that we've come to rely on are far from guaranteed, we've got to take care of each other. That means we need to use our community centers, our churches, our organizations, use them as, as mechanisms for care, use them as, as places where people can find refuge. You know, if you've got excess in your bank account, you know, you don't need month to month. Think about pulling that with another friend or family that has excess and seeing how you can use those funds to impact someone's lives. Um, I, as a, as a side note, I've been really fascinated by the idea of guaranteed basic income or universal basic income. And I think, um, you know, more and more cities across the country are pursuing this model. And I think they do it because they realize that if you just give people money with as few strings attached as possible and do that for a certain amount of time, two years, three years, people know what they need. And, and people will be able to use those resources to lift themselves out of poverty, to get better educations, to provide good quality daycare or schooling options for their children, to get their cars fixed, to get out of debt, to buy their first home. Like people just need the resources and then they can meet their own needs. Um, and we can meet each other's needs, I think, in a similar way. So anyway, Gantry Basic Income has fascinated me. If you're not familiar with it, Take a moment and look it up. But I say that to say, I know plenty of people that have resources that, that make more than they absolutely need day in and day out. And I really wonder why we don't have more collaborative efforts to meet each other's needs, to pay down uh, the student debt of some millennial agenda Z folks, to make sure that no one in our neighborhoods or within a quarter mile of our homes has trouble paying their mortgage or their rent, to make sure that uh, no kid has to wonder if they're going to have school supplies or be able to to have uniforms for, for school, to, to make sure that every parent has a car that is working and reliable transportation. Like, we can't wait in our society to, to solve these issues for us because it's clearly taken a while. <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's one step forward, six steps back. But I do know that we can begin to meet these needs ourselves. And I think this happens in pockets, but... I don't see it as much, or at least I don't see it as often in our uh, upper middle class enclaves of society. And so if you're listening and you fall in that enclave, I encourage you, I, I'm challenging you even to begin thinking about the ways that you can be even more radical uh, in your giving, more radical in your collectivism, more radical in the ways that you look at your, your um, access, your privilege, your resources, and Think about how you might be able to pool those together with others to meet the needs of those around you, meet the needs of others in your community who don't have the access to resources that you have, not because they don't deserve them, but because society is not set up for us all to have those resources. Um, and use your privilege to make someone's life better. Use your privilege to help lift someone else up and watch what that does for you as well. There's a mutuality here that is present and we, we, we don't think about it, but I believe as we share with others, as we empower others, as we allow ourselves to be empowered, to listen to the needs of others and then to find ways to meet them collectively, 
our humanity gets restored a little bit at a time. And it's not to say anyone isn't human, but there's something that happens to our soul, I think, and, and there's an enrichment that takes place. I haven't developed this thought for firmly. I'm really just riffing here, but I really do think that there's something we get back that is intangible, but deeply felt. So I want to encourage us to, to think about that, to reflect on it, um, and to just be aware that the impact of our actions isn't always seen or readily observable, but it is deeply felt, both within ourselves and uh, within those that we are coming alongside and, and walking with as they're doing life. I think the final thing I'll say is, is about taking care of ourselves. Um, Listen, folks, this life is, uh, is, I think my man Hobbes said, it's painful, brutish, and short. That's a very pessimistic way to look at life, but sometimes it feels true. And since, that's the, since that is the case, I want to encourage us to really be intentional about taking care of ourselves. Now, that means regular doctor, dental, and eye appointments. If you have access to insurance, it means um, doing small things like going for a walk if you can or getting outside in the fresh air. It may mean practicing yoga or meditation. Maybe it means being more intentional about connecting with your friends, your church community. Maybe it means working less hours or making small, subtle shifts in your diet, like drinking more water and eating less meat. I don't know what it means for you, but we need to take care of ourselves, of our bodies, of our minds, of our spirits. And they're all interconnected. So just take a few moments this week and do some reflection, you know, take stock of your physical health, of your mental health, of your emotional health, and have a conversation with someone about what shifts might need to be made so that you can feel a little bit healthier by this time next year. Um, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of healing to be done. There's a lot of transformation that has to take place. And we're not equipped to do it if we ourselves are not caring for ourselves and being cared for by others. So to the best of your ability, continue to take care of yourself. And I know that's hard, right? Because this is getting into some of the societal issues that we've been talking about for the last few years. No, not everyone has access to great healthcare, even good healthcare. Not everyone has access to nature or fresh air. I know these things, but it's, it's to the best of your ability. I really encourage you to think about the subtle shifts you can make to be in a better way with your body, to be in a better way with your mind, to be in a better way with your emotions and your spirit, and to just take a step or two, right? Do one or two new small things each month and see what the cascade effect looks like. All right, y'all, I think I've rambled enough for this final episode. Uh, as you can tell, it was unscripted. I just wanted to take a few minutes and speak from the heart. Once again, I've truly appreciated this opportunity um, I hope you've learned along with me and whether you've agreed or disagreed with me, thank you for joining me on this journey. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's some, some things I said I probably wouldn't even agree with myself anymore, um, but that's part of this work, right? You continue to grow and evolve and change and adapt. Um, my growing and evolving and changing just happens to be public sometimes. But thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me to the crew at Anabaptist World. Thank you for this opportunity. I don't think it'll be the last y'all will hear from me, but it's the last uh, in this podcast. So I appreciate you all. And as you continue to hold this question of what would it take to create the society that we want to live in, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And I know 
it is tempting to be pessimistic and lose hope. But whenever you feel yourself um, at the end of your wits, whenever you feel yourself consumed um, by complete and utter uh, pessimism or nihilism, do, well, I'll recommend doing what has worked for me. Maybe it won't work for you, but my recommendation is that you, instead of turning inward and searching for answers, turn towards someone you care about. Turn towards someone who loves you, who cares for you, and have some conversations with them. I always find in those kind of dialogues, I am challenged to see things a little differently. I am offered an invitation that things either aren't as horrible as they seem or that I don't have to be <laughs> the complete pessimist that I want to be sometimes. And that there's a way to experience the levity of life, even in the midst of its complexity and confusion. And I do believe that. So may you seek out those moments of levity. May you laugh a little bit more this week than you did last week. May you find ways to continue to heal yourself, the people you love, your family, your friends. And may you continue to be the change that we need to see in this world. As we each do that, maybe we'll see progress. But even if we don't, I think we'll see progress with each other. We'll see deeper love, more authentic relationships, stronger community, and that will allow us to weather the storms that lie ahead. Take care, y'all.